Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. You have me It's always a good Thursday when you get started with some heart. Gotta love it. It is Nuanez now. I am Coulter Nuanez. Each and every weekday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula and statewide on SWX Montana Television. We're bringing you all the things you need to know from sports, pop culture, and we also like to have a little fun around here as well. Today in the show, it's going to be a big Thursday as it always is, and we'll get into it in just a minute. But if you want to listen to the show live or on any of your mobile devices, your computer, or anything like that, all you got to do is go to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, it's easy, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. It's a Thursday, so that means it's going to be pretty much all hoops all the time. But we also might have a little football towards the end of the show as well. It just depends on how long we talk to all of our fine guests. We're going to get things started with Randy Rays, the uh, 15th year head coach of the Weber State Wildcats. He actually joined us on Tuesday. I want to reshare the interview because it's a good one. And uh, Montana, they host Weber State, Randy Ray's Wildcats tonight. That game's going to get going here in about an hour, 5 p.m. tip from Dahlberg Arena. So I'm going to race down there right after the show. Uh, so we'll get into this preview in this Grizz uh, Wildcat game, starting off with Coach Ray. Chris Redpath's also here, as she always is on Thursdays for Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, presented proudly by Pangea here in Missoula. We're going to talk Montana, Montana State, of course, but we're also going to talk about the Battle of the Domes. Idaho Idaho State women showdown for first place in Moscow this weekend. I actually can't believe it's not a split series. I figured they'd do one in Moscow, one in Pocatello, but they didn't. They're not going to. So uh, both games... In the Kibbe Dome in Moscow, but a huge matchup. The Idaho State Bengals undefeated on the Big Sky women's side. And Idaho, they are the preseason league favorites, and they only have two conference losses. So it's going to be huge uh, for the league standings. And we'll also talk a couple other matchups from around the Big Sky Conference. We're also going to get into some guys that are making a living playing basketball. Both Trace Tinkle and Josh Hustis, a couple Montana boys, played in the NBA G League last night. The regular season for the G League opened last night, and both Tinkle and Houston were in action. And also Justin Wetzel, friend of this show, longtime coach from uh, around the state of Montana. He hails from Cut Bank. He's uh, been at Joliet, Rygate, Broadview, Valina, uh, Lavina, and uh, he's now coaching in the G League as well. So now we'll get into that a little bit as well. And then second hour, we're going to preview the game over in Bozeman, Eastern Washington, Montana State. Two teams tied in first place in the Big Sky Conference standings. 
We'll hear from both Shantae Leggins and Danny Sprinkle. Shantae Leggins, the head coach for the Eastern Washington Eagles. Danny Sprinkle, the head coach for the Montana State Bobcats. And we get this thing wrapped up with Robbie Beasley. He's a true freshman from the University of Montana and a great kid to talk to, really fun guy to talk to. And he gives us some insight into the struggles the Montana Grizzlies have been going through, but also just what it's been like to be in your first year of college on a college campus in the middle of a pandemic. What a deal. It's definitely not ideal, but uh, these guys are gutting through it. And if we have enough time, we're going to get in a little preview of our latest Grizz Greats episode, Johansi Manzanares. He was a defensive end, a senior defensive end on the 1995 Grizz National Championship squad, and he's our latest edition of the Grizz Greats Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. But we got to get rolling tonight at Dahlberg Arena, about 57 minutes from now. Usually one of the great rivalries in all the Big Sky Conference. But Montana is down this year. They're 4-6 and six in league play, whereas Weber State's surging. They won five in a row. They sit at 6-2 and two in league play, and they are tied atop the league standings right now with Southern Utah, Eastern Washington, and Montana State. After watching Weber State against Montana State last week, I can tell you I think the Wildcats are the most talented team in the league, and I think they have the opportunity to be the best team in the league. If they keep sharing the ball like they are, they have high major talent. I mean, Dante Bissett, he's from a transfer from Florida. Isaiah Brown is a kid from Seattle originally, but he's a transfer from Northwestern. Uh, they just have a variety of really talented transfers, including several from the Power 5 ranks. So I think Montana is definitely going to have their hands full tonight against Weaver State. But I do think that a, a Montana win or two this weekend could be something that helps Montana swing the momentum the other way. I just think they need a breakthrough to have some sort of confidence as they continue to come down the stretch here and uh, into the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. By the way, great news about the Big Sky Tournament. I heard today that media is allowed. I am allowed to go to Boise to cover the Big Sky Tournament. So that would be awesome. It would be outstanding, and uh, we cannot wait uh, to bring you all the action. I think it's probably going to be the, the most consumed amount of media we've done in quite some time because obviously nobody else is going to probably be able to go. And so the fact that we are able to go, that will be awesome. We'll be doing Nuanas now each and every day during the Big Sky Tournament. And we'll have all our friends stop by. Riley Corcoran's going to be in attendance. Sean Rain is going to be in attendance. Chris Redpath's going to be in attendance. And uh, probably people from around the league as well. Probably talk to some administrators and uh, probably the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference as well, some athletic directors. Anybody who wants to stop by, we will certainly let them, but I'm very excited for that. One of my favorite events of the whole year, and I was thrilled to know uh, that I have an opportunity to go to that. But we got to get to this one. This was actually from Tuesday. Randy Ray joined us live on the show when Riley Corcoran was here. Uh, but I wanted to share it again because I just think it's a pertinent interview coming into tonight. Weber State has not had a lot of success in Missoula. I think that uh, Dahlberg Arena haunts Randy Ray as much as any great coach the league has seen. They lost Big Sky Championship games here a couple times uh, towards the beginning of the last decade. And lately, I mean, last couple of years, Weaver's been down, and they've gotten whipped in Missoula the last couple of times they've come to town. And so you wonder now with a team that has a lot more uh, veteran presence and, quite frankly, is just more talented if, if the Wildcats laid on Montana tonight. But we'll see. I mean, Montana, like I keep saying, they're not missing in the talent uh, realm. They're not missing in the effort realm. Basically, they just need to find a way to click, find some sort of flow offensively, get back to having fun, stop playing tight. And so we'll see if Montana can do that tonight against one of the best teams in the league. Here's Randy Ray, the 15th-year head coach for the Weber State Wildcats. And welcome in for what is becoming a, a weekly segment. Randy Ray, he's the head coach for the Weber State Wildcats, his team coming off of two huge victories over the weekend over Montana State to thrust them into a four-way tie in first place. Coach, we're happy to have you back on for a second week in a row. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? You doing all right, Coulter? Yeah, we're doing we're doing all right. All of a sudden, it's winter time in Missoula. I know it's been light down in Utah too, but then hit us square in the face. It's about ten degrees, and it's just pounding snow. But I guess we should be used to it by now. Let's talk about this last weekend. Oh, Montana State comes to your guys' barn, and a really entertaining game on Thursday. Actually, two really good games, but. Thursday, if you like offensive basketball, uh, up and down the court, I'm sure as a coach, you probably want a little bit better defense in your 96-88 win. But overall, though, you sweep the Bobcats, and now here you are, 6-2 and two, in a four-way tie for first place in the Big Sky Conference. So what did you like about your team's performance this last weekend? Well, I didn't like our defense on Thursday, even though you guys might have liked it. Um, there wasn't a lot going on defensively. Probably Danny would say the same thing, you know, but it was an entertaining game. 
um, you know, we just kind of found a way. And then uh, I thought the Saturday game, both teams kind of locked in and played the played their normal defense, and it, it became a grind. It was just a, a grind out affair, and you know we made a few more plays at the end to pull it out. But uh, it was a good weekend. Montana um, State's got a good basketball team. I'm very impressed with their team, and they're old and they're fast and long and athletic and, and well coached. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games going on the, the rest of the way. But that turned out good. That uh, we were able to get through a couple of them. Hey, Coach, we were talking about your roster last week and bringing everyone together. You start five transfers that all are averaging double figures. What was the toughest challenge from a coach's perspective on bringing them all together and get on the same page? Because we know that it takes time. I mean, practice and game reps, getting back and forth with each other. What was the toughest challenge of bringing all the transfers together? Well, it was just that, to be honest with you, was to get them to play for each other, you know, and trust each other. When we got them together... We had them here for the first time on July 1st, and my first message was to them was, I need to know if each and every one of you are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes uh, to help the team win and give up something and check your personal agendas at the door. Because if you don't, this isn't going to work. And uh, and I got a good, they're a great group of kids. They really are, every one of them. And, and uh, it just, it just getting them on the same page and getting them to trust each other and and it takes time, and, and it really happens in games, right? I mean, you can practice till you're blue in the face, but until you get out there and with the lights on and trying to win a game, that's where the trust really comes from. And I'll be honest with you, it took us a while. Um, it, uh, you know, we had all those delays and pauses, and you know, at the end of December and part of January, we had three games in five weeks, and we weren't where we needed to be as far as the togetherness and playing for each other. The guys really like each other, but developing that synergy on the court we had to play some games and and we've been able to play like three weekends in a row now uh for the first time and and i think that's really helped us get some rhythm develop that synergy and that trust for each other and the guys are doing a good job playing together right now do you believe in in the concept of momentum within the scope of a season i mean you guys have won eight out of nine now including you mentioned the last three weekends you won five out of six so i mean do you believe in a team being able to build their own internal momentum within the scope of a conference season yeah i do i do i think it's a confidence thing you know when you win a few you know you feel confident and everybody feels better about themselves and their teammates and you want to keep that going you know on the other hand then you don't want to drop your or let your guard down too. You know, I worry about you know if you won a few in a row. You know, are you still hungry? Are you still uh, you know wanting to get out there and, and prove it up every night out? But uh, but no, I do believe there's something to that. And I think you, you you get a few wins in a row and and everybody feels better about themselves and feels and it really de- uh, develops confidence. You know, which you want all your guys to be confident and confident in themselves, but also confident in the team. And and when you play games that you know you have to play different kind of games. Sometimes it's a full court game. Uh, sometimes it's going to be a half court game. Sometimes you've got to win with your defense. Sometimes and when you see a lot of those things, if you can be successful winning different ways, uh, I think it really helps your team's confidence because you feel like, hey, if it's going to be a half court game, you know, we're going to have a chance. And if it's going to be a full court, we're going to have a chance. So we've seen a few of those games along the way. Your team has been able to win pretty much any type of game when you've scored 80 points. You're 10-0 and 0 this year, too. That's a good formula for success. Uh, there's so many great individual stories, Coach, that you have. Isaiah Brown, of course, his decorated high school career and going through a couple different schools before finding his way at your place. Uh, Sigu Sehojo Girara, I believe I got that right, the Big Sky Player of the Week right now. Cody Carlson, an interesting story, too, a Division II uh, transfer that's playing in his 100th game on Thursday. I guess where I'm going with this, Coach, is was there some Someone that was maybe the biggest surprise to you uh, of all of the the transfer talent you got in there. Who's maybe been the biggest surprise, or if it's maybe not an individual, what has been the most surprising element for you for your team this year? You know, I would I would probably have to say Cody Carlson. Um, you know, we missed on a big kid that we were trying to get from the University of Maryland, and we lost out of him at the last minute. So we just went kind of digging around, knowing we needed to get another big guy. And we found Cody, and, uh, you know, all we could do is watch film and talk to people about him and got good reviews. And then, uh, but he came from a Division II program, and it wasn't like his numbers were off the charts at the Division II program. But we liked what we saw in film. We liked what we heard. He's a wonderful kid. He's a hard worker. He's all about team. 
He's bouncy. But when he got here, he wasn't supposed to be able to play right away. He was going to sit a year and then play one. And then uh, we worked through their program and their coaches and their ADs, and, and uh, we were able to apply for a waiver and, and finally got him a waiver late. Um, and uh, But thank God we did because he, he's, he's turned out probably a little bit better than we thought. You know, he's... He just he just uh, comes to work every day. Works hard, plays hard. You know he can score the ball inside. He can shoot it outside, and he's been a big a big bonus to us because the other kid we had early on in the season was hurt. Dante Bassett. He was out for six weeks with a knee injury, and so we needed Cody to step in and play. And he played well right away and got some confidence going. But I would say that is probably you know he was probably the biggest uh, surprise throughout the whole thing. When I first saw your team, Coach, I, I just was going through the roster when I was watching these last two weeks. And I, I just couldn't believe w- looking at Cody Carlson and then thinking, man, that guy played Division II. I mean, because he is put together. I mean, he's 6'10", 240. He looks the part all day long. So it is amazing the way the guys can transition to this level. It is Randy Ray joining us. Yeah. He, is, he is the longest tenured head coach in the Big Sky Conference. He leads the Weber State Wildcats. And they are on their way to Montana this week for games Thursday and Saturday against the Montana Grizzlies. So we'll start there, Coach. I mean, broadly, when you see Montana on the schedule, what's that mean to you and your program? Well, these these have always been fun games throughout the years. You know, I've been here 15 years, and and we love these games. They're really they're intense. You know, they're high energy. Both teams get excited to play each other, and uh, it's been really fun throughout the years. It really has. And you know, we got great respect for uh, Montana's program. I respect what Travis has done and Tinks before that, and throughout the years, you know, they're just obviously uh, one of the top programs around, and and so. when we get together and play, whether it's there or here, it doesn't matter. You know, the games are played hard. Kids are ready to play, and and uh, they're usually pretty good basketball games. It's been, there's been some classics in recent memory, especially the one even down in Ogden just a year ago, talking with Randy Ray, 15th year head coach at Weber State, winning his head coach in school history, Big Sky Conference history. Coach, what do you think of this year's Montana team? Obviously, it's a bit different than years past. Uh, a lot of youth on the roster. They've struggled to find consistency, but uh, when you watch them on film, what do you see? Maybe what do you attribute some of the struggles to? And I guess just what do you see with the Grizzlies? I, I, I really like their team. I and I'm I'm not just saying that. They are talented. They are talented. And uh yeah, they're a little younger than they have been, but that is that's young good talent. And they've done a really good job recruiting and you know, they got all the pieces. You know, the big kid Stedman inside is a really good player. You know, Owens has been playing really well. I've always liked him, even uh, as a freshman last year. Uh Hollinger's starting to come along now and I've always liked him. He's a tough guy and I like those kind of guys. But then their guards are all very dynamic. They're dynamic. They're playmakers. They're scorers. Uh, they're skilled. They're fast. Um, they're a very fast team, and they can put an athletic team in one team out there so they can play different ways. But uh, I look. I, I like their team. I just they've lost some close games. You know, um, we had a younger team last year after we got you know some of the injuries, and I feel how they you know we felt the same way. We just couldn't get over the hump in a few games, but. But they got a good basketball team. And, and, of course, Travis always does such a good job and puts him in the right position. So uh, they, they're they a good basketball team. This is going to be a, one heck of a hard challenge for us coming up there this weekend. Systematically, just the stuff that they're running, does it look similar to teams from the past? You know, they're doing a few different things. They're trying to spread you out more this year uh, and open up those driving lanes. You know, those guards really want to bounce it. and They're so quick and fast and so good with the ball that they they're driving that ball hard to the paint and then making plays off of it and you know they can spread you out with Owens at the four and so they're doing a few different things but then there's some of the other stuff that they normally run to uh that is you know that he's run uh, Travis has run since he's been there but I do think they're putting those you know a lot of times those three guards out there and sometimes four and just trying to spread you out and go by you and then you know basically say good luck trying to guard us because uh, we're going to get in that paint, and then we're going to make plays from there. And it's it's really, really hard to guard because, uh, like I said, those guards are fast, and they're dynamic, and they're really good players. 
on paper, it looks like an offensive team going up against a defensive team in Montana, at least just what the numbers say. Coach, you have three players that average more points than any Grizzly player has right now. Do you see this as more of maybe a battle of who is going to control the pace? Do you guys want it more up and down where Montana might try and make it ugly? Do you see that as being a, a big key, at least to the weekend here, just a, a battle of trying to dictate your pace first? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know if it's going to be that so much. You know, we we like to play faster if we can. You know, we're going to try to get out and transition and run as much as we can. But, you know, there's been times we haven't been able to do it, so we got to settle down and, and play good half-court execution offense. And, um, you know, I think, Travis, those guys are going to run when they have opportunity, and when, that, when they're not, they're going to run their half-court stuff. It's kind of like us. But uh, they're a good defensive team. You know, they're well coached, and uh, we've had our moments. We've been we've been a good defensive team until this weekend. We didn't play as well, but uh, but I think I think the pace is going to be what it is. You know, I think both teams are going to try to get some some looks in the open floor, and if not, then because we're not crazy off, and we're not just going to run up and down and shoot it quick. And you know, our our whole thing offensively is ball movement and getting the ball side to side and making sure everybody's involved and sharing it. And that's been uh, the strength of our offense, and we're going to continue to do that. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, Coach, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll get you out of here on this. At what point do you start to consider uh, that Boise is on the horizon, the Big Sky Tournament is just around the corner? Because after this weekend, we'll be a month away. So uh, is there a point where you start to consider that, or is it just kind of taking it one weekend at a time? I'll be honest with you. I'm not smart enough to, to worry about what what <laughs> the only thing I can think about right now is what I got to do the rest of the day today because <laughs> I'm not a very bright guy. But uh, but no, I really haven't. You know, I haven't really thought much about it. You know, we're just you know with the season being so screwed up and so crazy and all this stuff going on, we just want to get to the next day and hopefully play our next game. Because anything can happen, you know. Uh, you could get canceled in a heartbeat and that kind of thing. So uh, we really haven't thought much about it. We're just trying to hopefully have a good practice and then hopefully, you know, both teams get to test negative and get to play our next game. So, But I'm sure in the next couple of weeks you'll start, you know, if, if everybody gets consistent and there's games being played and maybe fewer games are getting canceled, uh, then I think everybody in the next couple of weeks will start looking towards that a little bit more. Coach, we appreciate the time. As always, you're welcome back anytime. Safe travels this weekend. Best of luck. And uh, maybe I'll wave at you from the second row because I know I won't actually get to see you in person, but we will be at the game. So we, we appreciate you joining us. I know we're excited to see your team in person here in Missoula on Thursday. Thanks, Coach. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Ray Way, longtime head coach of the Weaver State Wildcats. It is Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide on SWX Montana Television. Crazy. The cancellations just keep on coming. Northern Colorado Sac State has been canceled for tonight. Portland State at Northern Arizona has also been canceled. Portland State got themselves a game against Simpson College on Friday night. But the Portland State NAU series is canceled for the weekend, as is the Northern Colorado Sac State series. So Idaho, Idaho State, Eastern Washington, Montana State, Weber State, Montana. Those are the three in the Big Sky Conference. Speaking of the Big Sky Conference, it's time now for Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath right after this. We live in a great state so we can enjoy it, and if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. That's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Go to blackbookkeeping.com to schedule your free consultation today around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hey there. Happy Thursday. 
Welcome back to Nuanez Now, one-stop shop for all things sports all around the state of Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanez, and it is time now, as we do each and every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour, for Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath, presented proudly by Pangea. Pangea, they have one of the best happy hours in town. It's going on right now, 4 to 5.30 every day that they're open. They have new hours. They're still closed on Sundays and Mondays. But they're open on Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. And the happy hour goes from 4 to 5.30 every single day that they're open. You're going to get half off house wines, all well drinks, and all draft beers, including local drafts like Big Sky, Byron, and Kettle House, plus half price on all appetizers. Order the Brussels sprouts. You'll thank me later, I promise. We're going to get into all things around the Big Sky and women's hoops. Um, But the results from last weekend... In Bozeman, maybe not a surprise, except for considering the lopsided nature of the victories. I cannot remember my 15 years ago from the Big Sky, a conference game in which there was a 49-point difference between the winner and the loser. I was astounded when I saw the final score out of Bozeman on Thursday. And then Montana State basically played every single person that's not redshirting on Saturday, and they still scored 84 points. Uh, Quite an impressive effort by Montana State. They're red hot right now. The Lady Grizz... They lost a heartbreaker at the horn on Thursday. Kylie Jimenez hit a layup with about two seconds to go, and Montana loses 61-60. to But they bounced back in a big way on Saturday. And honestly, I, we'll start there. Chris, by the way, welcome to the show. But, I mean, that was a must-have for the Lady Grizz, right? I mean, if they get swept by Portland State last weekend, it, that completely changes the complexion of their whole season. Right. That was a heartbreaker, though, with Jimenez hitting that shot with two seconds. So they were right there in that first game, Coulter. But I agree with you. I mean, it was a must-win situation. And I think if you're Montana, what you're so happy about is you got some perimeter play and some scoring. Hannah Thurman went off for 15 points. I mean, these these were the type of points that were missing against Montana State previously. And so you, you're going to get those points from Carmen, and you're going to get them from Abby. But if you can get some outside presence, um, I think that that is what put them over the, the edge. And that's exactly right. I mean, Montana, Carmen G. Filler and Abby Anderson are two of the best scoring posts in the league, two of the best posts in the league, period. But everybody in the league knows that now, and so I think that they're going to both continue to garner way more attention. To, to not have them be double-teamed constantly, you have to knock down those perimeter shots. Right, and Kylie Froelich also came off the bench and gave them good minutes and gave them good points. Anaya Morse-Nelson also got five points. Schwain had three. So when you start adding that up, those points right there are the difference maker. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, we almost always focus, not solely, but um, quite heavily on the Montana schools. But this week... In Moscow, the biggest matchups we've had in the Big Sky Conference, probably on the men's or women's side to this point, uh, Idaho State's been straight rolling. They do not have a league loss yet. Idaho is the preseason league favorites. They dropped a couple early, but they've been red hot lately as well. And uh, there's a whole bunch of different intriguing parts of this matchup. But the Battle of the Domes, first of all, I was kind of surprised that they weren't going a home and home. I thought maybe they'd play one in Moscow, one in Pocatello, but they're both in Moscow this all weekend. All in, all but, in. But what do you, I mean, just broadly, what do you think of overall this matchup? Oh, I am so excited for this game tonight. Um, I like this matchup. When I look at both of these teams and I go straight across the board for personnel, I mean, you're seeing on the Idaho side, Sydney Gandy, the 5'5 freshman. She's stepping into a nice role for Idaho. You got Dora Golish on the other side. You have Diaba Conate and Callie Bourne that round out your guards. And then you have Gabby Harrington and Gina Markson. I think those three against three right there, and then you you move down in your lineup and you have Beyonce B, who is, to me, one of the best players in the big sky. She's matching up with Estefi Ors, and then you have your bigs, Ellie Smith versus Natalie Klinker, who's now back in the lineup for Idaho. So when I look at that, you have four agile players that can dribble, penetrate, and also shoot, and then you got your bigs. So I think that's a really interesting matchup right there if we're going to go straight down the the lineup there. And it's it's pretty rare that you're going to get a matchup on either the men's or the women's side where you have truly three or even four all-conference caliber players on both sides. And both these teams, they do. They both have uh, some of the best talent in the whole league. They really do. And obviously, we're looking at these two teams and Idaho State, 10-0, and 13-1. Idaho... 10 and 2, which you've talked about. Um, but Idaho State hasn't played a conference game since the 23rd of January. Right. So they're they're in a different stretch two of their season with having non-conference games and then having a bye. Um, you know, Idaho obviously swept Eastern, and that was a really interesting series to look at different players that stepped up. I mean, Gabby had a heck of a weekend. Beyonce B, um, you know, Sidney Gandy had a career high with 21. I just think each kid steps up at different times, and we're going to watch the two best teams in the Big Sky go at it. 
There's a lot of fascinating uh, individual storylines on this team, too. I mean, for people that are listening around the state of Montana, uh, one of the, I'm probably the heart and soul of Idaho's attack. He's Natalie Clinker. I mean, she's she does all the dirty work. She's one of the best rebounders in the league, but she's from Fairfield, Montana. That's an interesting fold. You also have Gabby Harrington, who you mentioned, who started her career at the University of Montana, so she has ties to the state of Montana as well. But I just think that there's so many great storylines across both of these squads. I mean, Estefania Orr's tore her knee last year. She didn't play. Now she's back. Dora Gullis had one of the worst knee injuries I've ever seen in my career. Oh, that was horrible. A couple years ago, and she's back in full force, which is great to see. But then you have the international elements, and some of the, I mean, a couple of the players in this game, I mean, like Gina Markson was an okay recruit coming to Idaho. Now she's a first-team all-league caliber player. Kenote uh, was a project, certainly, when she arrived on campus at Idaho State. Now she's a first-team all-conference caliber player. So uh, I just think all of it comes back to the central factor in this matchup, and that's the coaches. And I think two premier I, coaches. I think these are two premier coaches. I'm actually very surprised, given the body of work that both Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State and John Newley at Idaho have put together, that they are still at their schools. I mean, I think these guys are both big time coaches. I think they could coach at any level. I do too, but I think that they're dedicated to their program. That's true. And I look, you know, obviously, Coach Newley has the 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 past with Idaho State, which you know that that part of it also adds. <laughs> some dynamic to the whole piece and you know looking back at Idaho State has definitely been the team that has flourished in the neutral site tournament setting and you know they they've matched up uh, well with Idaho over the years but they've been a team that is in the mix and I, I'm just so excited to see how those these two teams face off tonight around the big sky women's hoops presented by Pangea Check out Ladies' Night, Wednesdays from 5.30 to close, half off the entire cocktail menu. I had a group of gals that I'm friends with go down there, and they said it was great, phenomenal. Uh, They're quickly becoming known for their exceptional craft cocktails, so go check out Ladies' Night starting at 5.30 on Wednesdays. And, Krista, you mentioned um, the past with these these, uh, two schools, specifically with John Newley. I've covered the big sky in all the sports for a long time. John Newley is one of my favorite characters that exists in the Big Sky Conference. He's one of the most raw and honest guys, and he is just so fun to talk to. He is, and I watch every single one of his post-game interviews. I love it. I go and watch Coach Newley because he will say it how it is. He will call out his players. He will also call them out when they're doing great things, too. He pumps his players up when they're doing great more than any coach I've seen. He's so awesome and instilling confidence. I love this last weekend where he said Gabby Harrington just brings joy to his team. I mean, he's just, he really gives that personal perspective, but he's so good with his girls and they love playing for him. And there's a lot of respect between Coach Soboleski and Coach Newley. So I think that's something that we really need to touch on, too. Those two have a tremendous amount of respect. For each other. For sure. And it's, uh, I mean, the foundation of Idaho State was definitely laid by John Newley when he was at ISU, and, and Seton has taken that forward. But I think that Newley, more than anybody, deserves so much credit, too, because in the history of the Big Sky Commerce for women's basketball, it was Montana and nobody else for 10 years. Then Boise State rose and gave Montana a little bit of a rivalry in the mid-90s when you were playing for the Lady Grizz. But then the team that sort of stepped up and replaced uh um, Boise State, when they left the league as the team that challenged Montana in the early 2000s, was Idaho State. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And John Newley deserves all the credit in the world for that. Well, I'm sure. I mean, I I remember playing against Mandy Carver, who I right. think was one of the better players, obviously, in that 2001 year where they went to the NCAA tournament. But then you look at Coach Newley. How can you not bring up Natalie Doma and Andrea Lightfoot? Two, I mean, two of, of the best players in the history of the league. Yes. And I mean, he groomed them. He, cre- they, he made them complete basketball players. Obviously, they had a couple great runs in there, topped off with going to the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, just just incredible. And then he moves over to Idaho and continues with a whole new program and continues to flourish. His ability to develop talent and not just specific. There's some coaches that are you know, point guard coaches or some coaches that are post coaches that are really good at certain positions. The fact that he had Natalie Doma, who is uh, arguably one of the best bigs in the history of the league, still, I think, the all-time league rebounder in the league, and she was the all-time league scorer until Michaela Ferenz, who played for John Newley at Idaho, broke the scoring record. And so, he I mean, he's coached one of the most dominant bigs in Natalie Doma, but then also the two most prolific shooters in the history of the league in Ferenz and Taylor Pierce. So I, I just think that John Newley's as good as it gets. I, I just think if you're a basketball purist, 
if you want to watch somebody that understands the art of the beautiful game, I mean, it's Idaho. Some of the sets that they run and the way that he, I mean, the way that he gets his team to execute, it's a thing of beauty. It's honestly, it's amazing to watch. It really is. And actually on his interview this last weekend, he made a point of saying, you know, everyone thinks we're so offensive minded and we don't play defense. He's like, I, whatever my kids are, they are. Right. And I, I think that that really stood out to me, Coulter, as identity. For they sure. find their identity and they own it. And that's one thing that I really respect about Newly. And when you look at, you, you know, right now you can go back and forth with these rivalries. We're all obviously a part of that with Montana, Montana State. Idaho really owns the advantage. 32 wins versus Idaho's only had, or Idaho State's only had 15. Right. So you look at the lopsidedness too. You know, they're five and five in their last outings, but there has to be some hard feelings over last year with Idaho State losing to Idaho in the semifinal game. For, for sure. And we talk about John Newley and his past at Idaho. When I, or Idaho State, excuse me, when Idaho won the Big Sky Tournament the first year in uh, Reno, which is the first neutral site tournament. It was Idaho's third trip to the NCAA tournament in four years because they'd won the WAC a couple times before that. And John Newley was, they beat Idaho State in the championship game. And John Newley was asked about uh, his history at Idaho State. If you want to know how honest this guy is, this was his soundbite. This is one of the most crazy soundbites I've gotten in a press conference in my entire career. In Pocatello, if you're going to bring it up, I was going to bring it up, but I will. Um, you know, they were profane, uh, verbally abusing me at in Pocatello behind my bench. There's like five guys just cussing me out, my family, these guys, and it was pathetic. And there they were again. Um, so it feels, it feels really good uh, to stick it to those ignorant people back there that were behind my bench in Pocatello. I know I have great friends in Pocatello, but there are just some ignorant people that were sitting behind our bench abusing kids and me. You know, all they did was win there. And, and leave there. And they're still bitter apparently eight years later, which is their problem, certainly not mine. I've moved on, man. You know, like I said, yes, I'm, a, I'm a vandal, man. You know, I'm a vandal. And three out of four years, that's pretty good. That's, they, they, they almost said it's a grass greener. Hey, grass is greener in Moscow, three. <laughs> If you only could see the video and the look on his players' faces when he was saying this too, it was like shock and also that they love playing for this Well, guy. I'll tell you what. If you asked, asked Coach Soboleski, he would be appalled at those five people behind sure. the bench. For sure. No question. Heckling newly. But I also think fans do not forget, Coulter. That's we know true. that in the state. I mean, That's they can true. recite things from Bobcat Grizz from 20 years ago. They don't forget. Fans just do not forget. Uh, it, it, is, it is fascinating to watch that video. It is the round the big scan of women's hoops with Krista Redpath, by the way, on Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. That video is so fun, too, because uh, Allie Ford, who was a great player for Idaho, is sitting there, and she was such a great leader for them, and she's just loving it. She's soaking it up, uh, just loving everything Coach Neely's saying. But then Michaela Ferenz is in that video, too, when she's a freshman. And that was the coming-of-age moment for Ferenz. I mean, if you remember that tournament, that was a senior-laden Idaho team with um, the Wilson gal who played point guard and, and um, uh, Christina Salvatore, mm-hmm. but it was the freshman. Michaela Friends and Taylor Pierce, who shot them into the NCAA tournament. And I remember thinking, man, what a way to get performances out of a, out of two freshmen. And then, you know, four years later, they became probably the most prolific duo of the league has seen. And the narrative of that tournament, since we have to go down that path, Coulter, that was my first tournament that I called on the neutral site. That was all of our first experience yep, yep. with the neutral site. But that was the year that Montana State, you know, was shocked by Idaho State. They were, you know, a number nine seed beating a one. And that's that's the storyline I remember the, the most. The 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 second day of women's action when uh, the teams that had gotten buys first took the court. I, this is not hyperbole. It was the single craziest day of basketball I've ever watched in my life. Montana State lost on a three quarter court heave when they were the number one seed to Idaho State. This Weber is a, it was just it was a gut punch. It was a gut punch. Weber State and and Idaho made they traded three pointers in the last three seconds of the game until Taylor Pierce hit like a. Th- 30-foot fall away to send it to overtime, and then they won the game on the buzzer beater again. And, I mean, I, I think it was three out of the four games that day ended in buzzer beaters. It was such an unbelievable day of basketball. And that format in Reno of having the opening round on a Monday and right. then having the quarters on a Wednesday, those teams got not only to get on the floor and experience the floor, they also got that day off, which mm-hmm. they changed when we went to Boise. But I feel like that had a big, um, that was a big factor in some of those games and how close they were. Around the Big Scan Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath. We do this each and every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour. Let's talk about the Montana schools for a minute. We talked briefly about the Lady Grizz. That was a great bounce back. I think they had to have it. Montana State, uh, 
when you talk about the series against Weber, you give the Cats a lot of credit. I also just, I, I don't know what happened to Weber State. There was a moment in time when Weber State was absolutely the worst team, worst program in the league. They'd lost 50-plus conference games in a row. Then they hired this up-and-coming coach in Beth Ann Ord, and they got it rolling, and they were a 20-win team a couple years in a row. And then Beth Ann moves on, and uh, since then, they just haven't been able to get it back on track. But I just thought it was an unbelievable offensive outburst last week by Montana State. 102 points on Thursday, 85 more on Saturday. The Saturday game... Um, their leading score had 14 points. They had one player in double figures. That was Darian White. The rest of the, the uh, scores were in single digits. But every single person on the team played. Every single person on the team scored. And I think if, you know, you could say, okay, it's against a winless Weber State team. But that's something where now you've got everybody on your roster involved. And that's just what can add to the momentum of a young team that's already probably the hottest team in the league. I think anytime you play a winless program, you're on edge as a coach because you just wonder For when sure. is the chip going to wear off and when is Weber going to put it together? I mean, I really look at Weber and think Liz Graves transferring to Southern Utah. She wanted to play with her sister. I get it, but that really hurt it Weber did. State. That For was sure. their one offensive real weapon and sure. she and she moves, you know, moves on. But what I liked about Montana State, well, there's so many things I liked about them, um, but Coach Benford didn't play anyone more than 23 minutes. Right. Tori Martell played 23 minutes. She had the luxury just a few short weeks away from Boise to get lots of kids, lots of minutes. And to me, that that's incredible to be able to do that and to showcase some of these kids. I mean, Deedon, Jansen, Van Sickle, some of these kids all in double figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was impressive. For sure. And that's going to continue to pay dividends. Honestly, when I was thinking about that Idaho team that won the first neutral site tournament and thinking about Ferenz and Pierce when they were freshmen, I started thinking about Montana State. And, and in women's basketball more than men, I think, when freshmen get to the end of the year, they, they're not freshmen anymore. And I think that they really can. I mean, if they, what you don't know don't hurt you, right? And they can be the ones that can completely shoot the lights out and be the difference in you making a run in the tournament. I mean, they have a. You look at the Montana schools, and I, of course, I've got my chart here, Coulter, and I'm looking at all these teams and where they split and where they're going to have to go here. I mean, they have a lot of hard, difficult schedule left. They got to go sure. to Eastern. They've got Idaho State. They've got Idaho, or you know, and and Sac State. So sure. I mean, you look at it. it there's going to be someone who's going to end up with losses here in that top tier. When I look at the conference, I still think that bubble is Idaho, Idaho State, Montana State, and then everyone else is kind of underneath trying to just grasp for one of those other top seeds. Montana coming off a win against Portland State. Now they are the ones that get to play the, uh, I should get to or have to play the winless Weber State team. And that, that's an interesting point that you make, though, because I think you are always on edge because you don't want to be the ones that you know have a lull or overlook an opponent and then go on the road and lose. But, I mean, what do you think of the Lady Grizz matchup in Ogden this weekend? I think if Montana plays their game and they continue to be you know using both their inside and outside game and they play good defense, they rebound. I mean, the other thing that I really liked about Hannah Thurman, she had seven rebounds in the last game. And that's really big. They've got to get some other rebounds from For kids sure. that aren't just from Abby and Carmen. Yes, right. So I, I look at some of the di- the dimensions of the Lady Grizz, and I think, you know, take care of the ball. They have a tendency to turn the ball over. If they do the little things right, I think they'll be fine against Weber. I really do. Um, but there's always that, you know, long bus ride For down. Sure. You know, how is everyone going to gel? Yeah, I, I just think from a matchup perspective, too, I mean, because Montana does play inside out, Weaver's, I mean, Weaver has a lot of deficiencies, obviously, being in last place in the league, but the biggest deficiency that they have is on the inside. They're, they have young and inexperienced posts, so I just expect Montana to just feed the post early enough. To Montana State, they hit the road going to Cheney. Uh, the matchup of the two longest tenured coaches in the Big Sky Conference, Wendy Schuler in her 20th season at Eastern Washington and Trisha Binford in her 16th season at Montana State. Uh, Maisie Burnham's somebody that's been coming on pretty strong. I mean, it seems like that that's kind of the future for Easter Washington, right? I mean, she has to be one of the front runners in the league for freshman of the year. Right, and I also think that Grace Kersher is another player yeah, that I good. feel they're doing a good job and they're they're figuring it out. They're another team that has been plagued by inconsistency. They've had moments where they've just looked great, Coulter, and then they've had other games where they've just fallen apart and haven't looked so good. You know, they got swept by Idaho, Northern Colorado, and NAU, but the split at Sac State, you know, they swept Weber and Portland State, so... It 
you look at that and you think, gosh, there's some real glimpses for Eastern. And I think they're a team that could really rock the standings. Anything else in the league that you're looking at or that you've been impressed with recently or that you're looking for well, this weekend? I still think that Southern Utah is the dark. We don't know enough about it. We don't know enough about them, I know. But I, I have to say Northern Arizona. I got to give some props now to Kyrika Rashid, who came back in. She's obviously played 30 minutes in both games. So obviously that's a good sign for Northern Arizona. Back she's healthy. healthy. Sure. More so healthy. I mean, she just played incredible. And I think, you know, Northern Arizona, they haven't had her and they've still done well. So they put their roster together and that could definitely be a team that you need to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they've been in the mix, at least, without the preseason MVP, uh, it helps quite a bit. Krista, this is great as always. Thank you very much. Thank you, Coulter. It is Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. Do this each and every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour. It is presented proudly by Pangea. Pangea has one of the best happy hours in town, 4 to 5.30 every day that they're open, and they're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. during happy hour. You're going to get half off of all house wine, all well drinks, all draft beers, including Big Sky Bairn and Kettle House, as well as half off all appetizers. And if you give us a call right now, we got a $25 gift card for you to get you started at Pangea, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Tune in each and every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour. All you need to know about around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops and, of course, free Pangea. Nuana is now got a couple Montanans playing in the NBA G League. More on that right after this. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. Hey there. It's Nuanez now. I am Coulter Nuanez. Broadcasting to you live, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide on SWX Montana Television. The NBA G League got started last night, and this is pretty cool. The Raptors 905 and the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, they played last night in the G League. I'll get a score for you here in a little bit. But uh, in Orlando, Florida, at the HP Fieldhouse, little Montana flavor. Trace Tinkle, who's from right here in Missoula, Montana, the son of former University of Montana head basketball coach Wayne Tinkle, and a Missoula Hellgate alum, as well as an Oregon State standout. He was playing for the Raptors, 905. Pretty cool for, for Trace Tinkle. And they were playing against the Vipers, who feature Josh Eustis, who is a... Uh, native of Great Falls, went to Great Falls CMR, and then went to Stanford. He's been bouncing back and forth. Uh, played in the NBA for a little while. He was a first-round draft pick by the Thunder. He's been in and out of the NBA. And he's playing overseas for a while now. He's back stateside, playing for the Vipers, who's a Houston Rockets affiliate. So uh, two Montana guys in the game. And then lastly, pretty cool, Justin Wetzel, who's been on this show several times. He's a coach. And uh, also comes from a great basketball family. He hails from Cutbank. He got his start coaching at Joliet High School before coaching at Rygate and Broadview Lavina. And uh, he is, and he was a Montana State Billings coach for a while as well. He's an assistant coach for Rio Grande Valley for Rio Grande Valley, which is a pretty prestigious honor for him. So uh, very very cool. Um, as far as the games this weekend in the Big Sky Conference, and by the way, we're going to hear uh, just here in a couple minutes with these games getting tipped off from Shante Leggins and Danny Sprinkle, the head coaches for both uh, Eastern Washington and Montana State, respectively. But I'll give you the handicap of what I think of the four Montana schools. Montana State men, they lost for the first time last weekend in conference play. Got swept at Weber State. They need a, a bounce-back win. It, it, it's a big test with Eastern Washington coming down. Eastern Washington is one of the best teams in the league. But I think Montana State, they got to 6-0 in league play. It was their best start in league play since 1987. But 
it was against a couple of the teams in the league that are towards the bottom of the standings. So they need a prove-it win. They need a quality Big Sky Conference win because even though they're sitting here atop the league standings, they need to prove that it's not just fool's gold. They need to prove that they are legitimate contenders. And they could do that with a split or, of course, a sweep against Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington's been up and down this year, even though they are 6-2. and two. They had a little hard time finding a rhythm because of some cancellations and things like that. Jacob Davidson was the preseason MVP in the league. You can tell he's definitely been feeling a little pressure uh, with the preseason accolades. And uh, lately he's been coming off the bench, so I, I don't know if that's a, an element of just a rotation thing Shante Leggins wants to do. He's still scoring the ball pretty well, but he's not averaging the same number of points he was a year ago. And so Eastern, uh, they're a dangerous team because they have one of the most formidable front courts in the league. Tanner Groves is definitely the most improved player in the league. Kim Aiken Jr. is definitely one of the best enforcers and one of the best dirty work guys in the league. Uh, but Eastern Washington, they've looked better lately, but they had a little bit of a struggle finding flow early. So uh, can they keep it going? It's a good matchup on paper because you got explosive backcourts going against each other. you got one of the most talented front lines in the league in Eastern. But Montana State's front line is pretty darn good too, especially with Jabril Bello. If he brings his A game, that's a, a pretty good matchup there. On the games that are going to be in Missoula, I'm going to jet down to Dahlberg Arena as soon as I possibly can. Uh, the game starts here in about five minutes for the University of Montana against Weber State. But Weber State's the most talented team I've seen in the Big Sky Conference. So Montana's definitely going to have their hands full. Weber State has a variety of transfers on its roster. And uh, Ray Ray, I mean, he hit the transfer portal hard. He brought in guys from all over the country, but they're really good. Isaiah Brown's really good. He's a guy that almost came to Montana. But Weber State got him late, and uh, so I think that um, Weber State, I mean, on paper, has a pretty systematic advantage because of their experience advantage and because they're red hot right now. I think they've won eight out of their last nine when they're really into a rhythm. But if Montana, I just think that they have to find something to glean some confidence from because they're playing hard defensively. They're playing hard, period. They have a couple missing elements when it comes to the, doing the little things, but they just look tight and just not good on offense, and they just need a break to find some semblance of flow, uh, some semblance of rhythm. And if they could get a win against the most talented team in the league, that could be something that could help them build this that confidence. It's interesting because Montana's sitting there at 4-6 and six in league, and Weber State's surging, and they're atop the league, yet... Weber State's only a one-point favorite in Missoula tonight. You wonder if the odds makers are letting history play into the equation. I mean, Weber State struggled in Missoula, especially lately. But I don't know. I just I think that Weber State should be an overwhelming favorite, but uh, maybe the odds makers know something I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see if the Grizz can get back on track. As far as the ladies' games, Montana State is the hottest team in the league on the women's side, and I think that they have a chance to go make another statement with a couple at Eastern Washington. If they keep sharing the ball like they do and they keep communicating defensively, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. They have so much depth. They have such a talented roster, even though they are the youngest team in the United States of America. And so I expect them to go on the road and take care of business. And same thing with the Lady Grizz. They, this could be a place where the Lady Grizz could get a couple, not, you know, never want to say easy in conference games, but these should be games that the Lady Grizz pull away from pretty easily against Weber State. So uh, that could be something that where they could gain a little bit of momentum because they had the little three-game losing streak, but they were got back on track with that win on Saturday against Portland State. So uh, we will continue to handicap and preview and analyze these games uh, on the other side, hour one in the books. Hour two, Shante Leggins, Danny Sprinkle. Their two teams clash in Bozeman here starting pretty darn soon. We'll hear from both those head coaches right after this. It is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 